Welcome to the Priority Now podcast, encouraging women to become better disciples of Jesus. Priority Now is hosted by Carmen Halsey of the Illinois Baptist State Association. Hi, ladies, this is Carmen, and welcome to this week's Priority Now podcast. This week, we have another one of our Illinois Baptist women with us, Ms. Rita Clunt. Rita, welcome. Hi, Carmen. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to have you with us. Rita, I'm just going to be transparent to our listeners. I don't know you as well as some of the ladies that I've had on our podcast. So I'm excited about today because I've got to know you a little bit. I know a little bit of your story. I know some of what God is doing in your life, and that's kind of where I want to take us to. But but I want you just to take a minute to tell the ladies listening a little bit about Rita and who Rita is. So I've always been in church and a Southern Baptist church. And so um, I'm very familiar with GAs, and that's Girls in Action for those of you uh, younger women who don't know what that is. My mother taught me in Sunbeam. So that part, you know, of my life is just, I'm so thankful as part of my history. But, you know, life goes on and things change and you grow up and uh, you fall in love. Some of us do. And, you know, you have babies, some of us do. And um, my life was going just kind of the way I, I hoped it would. And um, I fell in love with a high school sweetheart. We married and had the kids. Very exciting and early in our marriage. Uh, he, not that we didn't have struggles, we did. Very early in our marriage, there was, there was a problem and I didn't know how to define it. Uh, he had a problem and we just learned to cope with it like you do a lot of things. And then after having an eight-year-old son and a five-year-old daughter, and I was pregnant with my daughter now who is um, in her thirties, um, but I was pregnant and it was a high-risk pregnancy. Just I had a lot of unusual things with this pregnancy, which I won't go into. And in the middle of all of this, there were marital problems and I sought marital counseling. My husband was not in favor, uh, but in the midst of all this, that marital counseling ended up with my pastor who um, some people would say as luck would have it, um, but it was really uh, God's providence that brought him to that church and brought me to him um, because he was a psychologist. And right away he recognized this is not a marital problem. And this is a this is a mental illness. Right away, he set us up to meet a psychiatrist, somebody who could treat Jack's mental illness. And it turned out that he was diagnosed with what we called back then manic depression, but now the the right term or the correct term is bipolar disorder. Mm-hmm. And so he was diagnosed in the middle. And remember, we've got an eight-year-old, a five-year-old, and I'm pregnant with this high-risk pregnancy. So there was a lot going on back then. And that's when those Southern Baptist, Illinois Baptist women roots really picked up. But everything I'd been fed so far came into play. If you read my story, and I will just give you a blatant plug right here, it's called Goliath's Mountain. You'll get, you know, you'll hear a lot of the details that I won't go into uh, right now, but um, that that mental illness led my husband within a few months to take his own life. It's kind of hard to talk about. And maybe that's why I write better than I speak, because it's easier to write about. That's good insight. Yes. You can take those pauses. But I'm so thankful that there have been women who were with me. My mother was the first one, but women who were with me during that period 
and again, these were these were my church lady friends that were patient with me during the pauses. So I, I learned a lot in that experience and came through. I learned all the wrong things to say. I learned a lot about um, the right things to do. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that there's a lot more wrong things to say and a lot more right things to do mm-hmm. than ever give ourselves credit for. So here I am with an eight-year-old son, a five-year-old daughter, and this uh, pregnancy, this unexpected and high-risk pregnancy, and I have no husband. And that's kind of where my life took a big, huge turn when I learned to, to rely on not my wit and my charm and certainly never relied too much on my beauty, but I learned to rely on the scripture. And I learned to rely on those old verses, that, the Bible verses that I learned when I was a child. And, and I would have a problem or a struggle or a, be angry. I had a lot of problems with anger. And God would just give me a verse that would get me through that moment. So for a long period of time, I would say about five years, I read my Bible more as a tool, more as a crutch than as something that would be a relationship with God or the Holy Spirit speaking to me that way. And I used my friends the same way. That's kind of sad, but I used my friends as a sounding board, as a crutch, as a tool. But I found out who my real friends were. And it turns out that they were some of those same women that some of those same church lady friends that I had. Fast forward several years, I finished my my bachelor's degree. I became a nurse. The girl that I was pregnant with, uh, that pregnancy turned out totally normal. Little girl is totally healthy and has provided me two totally beautiful grandsons. Praise God. Uh, so isn't isn't God good that way? I I appreciate you sharing your story so that so that we can have some context. And I'm always really cautious because I think sometimes what we do, ladies, is we tend to label people that you know because we tend to label ourselves. You know, I am this. In other words, I am the experience in my life, or I am the circumstance. And um, I think it's really important for us to to see our lives as holistic, right? Everything God's doing in our life, it's connected. We don't go to work. We don't live at home. All those things connect because God says what? To be a disciple, to abide in him who makes disciples, who makes disciples. And so I appreciate you sharing some of the context because it's the hard things, right? That that we don't sign up for, but that God allows. And we love those people. You know, a lot of times that's our family and it's our relationships. And we love those people. And sometimes the hardest things is when we can't fix something for those that, that we love. But in your case, Rita, and I didn't have the privilege of knowing Jack, your husband, um, I'm grateful that God has allowed me to meet you. And and one of uh, ladies I was telling Rita as we were signing on, one of my earliest memories, I'll say that, maybe not my first, but my earliest memories of Rita is she had shared a copy of her book, Goliath's Mountain, with me. And you've heard her use this term church lady, church lady, the church lady. She uses that a lot um, because what what Rita does, and you know, we've been focusing on this gift of hospitality. How does God, how does God manifest himself through us to reach a stranger, to pour into other people's lives, especially strangers, but other people's lives for the purpose of building a bridge to lead them to 
to God, you know, lead them into a relationship, maybe for the first time or a renewed, enriched relationship. But look how God has took your gift of hospitality through what what he's manifesting through you that's turned out in a book. And you said, what I find, Carmen, is it's young single moms or single moms that are being attracted because your 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 gift of hospitality, you're speaking into them. And I think that's what we need to realize as women that um hospitality could be baking cookies, but it's not always baking cookies. You know, there's ways that God manifests himself through our lives that reach other people for the sake of inviting them in, making them feel comfortable. Um, or in this case, and I think in a lot of cases, seen, right? Once people know that we see them, we get it. They want us to go on that journey with them. And, and so, so Rita, I want to go to that term church lady, because I know you have a new book coming out too. And I've had the privilege of reading some of those stories. And I know you featured a lot of the women across Illinois. Well, I think you have featured the women across Illinois, you know, in this particular book. So I want you to tell um, our ladies listening today, why being an author? You know, why do you write? Why do you use this term church lady? You know, what, what, why is it that you bring that out to the spotlight? Oh, well, I am a church lady, so I hesitate to admit this, but there were times when I watched late night television shows. There was a particular comedian. He did a bit on church ladies, on a church lady that was on Target. He didn't hit all of us church ladies on Target, but we all know a church lady like the one that he portrayed. And, you know, they don't represent the women I know. They don't represent the women who listened to me when I had something important to say. So when I started putting these stories together and started considering a title, that's what we are. Um, we love Jesus and we love his church. And we also love the church capital C, but we also love our local churches. So let's take that term back. And the thing that is different between that church lady that was portrayed on late night television and the church lady who was with me and was my friend during all my crises in life. The difference is that they listen um, mm -hmm. and they're people that you want to listen to. And I think when you talk about hospitality, you don't really necessarily want to eat uh, my chocolate chip cookies because I've got a friend <laughs> who makes better ones and I can make a pecan pie or a pecan pie, however you want to pronounce it. Um, but I've got a friend who makes a better pecan pie. There are people that can be very bold and go knock on doors and visit and invite people into their homes and they're lavishly decorated and they're, they're, they just have that, what we call the gift of hospitality. Sure. But I think essential to that gift of hospitality is listening, being willing to listen to somebody, being somebody that people want to listen to. That's really good. I'm all about sharing our stories. I said, there's no greater honor that that um, somebody extends to me than allowing me to hear their story. So that's why I started out this, you know, this time with you saying, Rita, will you tell a little bit about your story? And I think you just hit the nail on the head. There's there's hospitality, you know, because we're stewarding the things God give us, right, for the purpose of making somebody feel seen, accepted. And so when you talk about listening, you're you're right. That is that is a key skill because it's through listening. And and the person that that um, the person that we're trying to build that relationship with. Oh, they know if you're listening. They know if it's authentic or if your mind's running somewhere else or whatever. So that's that's really good. And then with that, 
when you're willing to pour back in your story, ladies, you know, I, I think sometimes we all hide our stories or we don't want people to know. And, and let me just say this, there's a time you're not ready to tell your story. And I also believe that you don't have to tell every detail of your story, you know, on every stage. So, so hear me say that, but your story as God restores that, and we can trust him with that story because it becomes a story when, when it kind of dots start to connect, right? We see it taking shape. That is so valuable to pour into somebody else's life. Um, I heard a pastor this past week share this, this phrase, and I, I think I've quoted him. I can't give him credit. So I don't remember who it was, but I've used this phrase several times already this week. He said that um, experience unravels mystery. He was talking about Peter and John at the transfiguration. And, you know, when they were looking, they were in awe, you know, what they were seeing. And remember, Jesus told him, he said, hey, now don't tell anybody about this till after I resurrect, you know, from the dead. And they're looking at him like, um, what, what, you know, what do you mean resurrect from the dead? Well, for us, that seems like, well, how, why did Jesus have to say that? Why didn't they understand what he meant by that? They hadn't lived it yet. It was not in past tense. It wasn't an experience to them. It was a mystery to them. And when I heard him explaining that, I thought that is such a true statement because the reality is I struggle, Rita, with mystery, the things that my mind can't understand, which is our faith journey, right? But by faith, God, I believe. If you say it, I believe it. But the reality is my humanness struggles with that sometimes, that that mystery, kind of like Nicodemus. You know, I struggle with that, not understanding oh. it logically. But when I've experienced it and I'm on the other side and I look back, it's not mystery. You know, it's like, oh, they, you know, on this side, we see the resurrection because we have the experience. And that's exactly what you just did to listeners, you know, and that's exactly what you just pointed to. Our stories bring experience to somebody else's mystery. As they're living it, as they're going through it, it's mystery. They don't know if they're going to survive, right, Rita? We heard that, you know, from your voice. But what you're saying is there are people that came around me that listened to me in the crisis, not just one, the mini crisis. They invest because you can't listen if you don't invest time, (laughs) if you don't show up. And they showed you over and over, we're here, we're not going nowhere. They listened, they didn't judge. And what that did for you was created an army of support but it also was built on trust. So to me, you just gave such a such a valuable picture of hospitality and sharing our stories with somebody that's that's going through something. It's it's I heard a lady the other day say it's Jesus with skin on because basically you used your experience to help unravel a mystery that somebody else is walking through. So I love that. Thank you. Thank you. And, and Carmen, one of the one of the things that and I've been so guilty of this. And that we call it hospitality. And actually, we may be on the hospitality committee. We might be a greeter at church and say, you know, and, and have a smile. And we call that hospitality. And it, and it is. It's a big part of hospitality. But if any of you have ever experienced standing in a church foyer and having conversations going around, you can't listen there. You, you can't. You can listen a little bit, but you can't listen completely in that setting. So it has to go beyond seeing each other at church. It has to go beyond the church foyer. It has Mm -hmm. to go deeper. Now, one of the things that I've, I've, I love about writing is that there are a lot of women that would never invite me into their home. Maybe they feel like a little bit of that perfectionism and they have to have everything straight uh, and they have to have the right kind of coffee or the right brand of tea or the right kind of dinnerware, but they will invite me into their home when they buy my book. And I and I say buy my book when they read my book. I don't want to sound like I'm selling a book here. No, I understand. No, you're fine. You're they fine. invite me through my writing. They will invite me into their living mm-hmm. room. 
that they will mm-hmm. invite me into mm-hmm. their recliner and and they can get comfortable. Yeah, and they don't have to worry about all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, I'd love to be invited. I don't drink coffee, but I'll take my tea or I'll drink a Diet Coke. But they can invite me into their home and I would love that. And I love to hear their stories. Mm-hmm. That's why I love it when readers send me messages and tell me a little bit of their own story. And that's really the thing that got me started on the path of collecting other women's stories. Because I was seeing that I was an ordinary person doing an ordinary thing, living an ordinary life with ordinary kids, although they're smarter than most. And, and God did this thing in my life and he showed up for me. And so ordinary people have extraordinary stories. So that's kind of how I got on the kick or whatever it is of collecting uh, stories from different women. And here, Carmen, is what really, really struck me. I was talking to another lady, a young woman in our church, and I was telling her, I have this crazy idea. This was about three years ago. I have this crazy idea. I don't know how it's going to work out, but I want to put these stories together in a book. And she immediately said, oh, chicken soup for the soul. And I thought, I let the devil just put a little jab at me. And he said, that's been done. Jack Canfield did that better than you will ever do it. Don't try. (laughs) You're wasting your time. You're wasting the Lord's time. And I I let myself listen to Satan a little bit too long there. Before the conversation was over, this this I call her a little girl. She's taller than me, but she's she's cutie. Anyway, she looked at me and she said, "You know, if you ever put those stories together, I've got some friends I'd like to read it." Oh. And I thought this girl had only been a member of our church for a few months. And there's a whole pew in our church that's been filled up recently with people at that time. They had been, this whole pew had been filled up with friends that, that had come in this through one connection. One man came to know the Lord, his daughter, and then one of his daughter's friends, and then a friend of his daughter's friend. So we had a whole pew of these new Christians. And guess what? Every one of those new Christians has another whole pew of friends who need to read stories like this. Absolutely. Praise God. Yes. The only reason that some girl that was in a bar on a Saturday night um, or doing some awful things that she shouldn't have been doing on a Saturday night, the only reason she would pick up that book would be because one of her friends wrote a story that's in it. Mm -hmm. One of her crazy friends who just started going to church and believing all this stuff about Jesus wrote this story in this book. That's when I quit listening to Satan. Praise God. That's good. Yeah, I need to keep doing this. That's good. That's good. Rita, um, what's, tell us the name of your new book and tell us oh, when it's coming. It's Real Life, Real Ladies, Short Stories from the Pew. And it's coming out probably mid to late January. All right. And ladies, we'll have a um, we'll have a link to that in our episode notes so that you can check that out. And Rita's extended me the privilege of bringing me into that that group that she shared one of those stories out every day. And I've enjoyed reading them and getting to know you guys, people that I've not heard of. And I found myself marking it thinking, I want to talk to her. I want to talk to her, you know, learn a little bit more. Um, you said they may not ever invite you into your house, but they invite you into their house, but they invite you in when they read your story. I know with my I know in my own life the people that I've invited in through books, because the reality is on the flip side of that coin is I know if I called and invite them, they don't even know who I am. They're not coming in, but I invite them in through their stories. I invite them in through their blogs. So I think that's a really good um, point that you make that 
we we do invite people in, you know, through through what's being written. So so I appreciate that. And Carmen, with this book, Real Life, Real Ladies, when you invite me in, you bring friends. I'm bringing, I'm bringing <laughs> 26 other ladies. Yeah, you bring friends with you. That's and right. Every That's right. every one of those 26 ladies has a different experience. We have women who've come through some really hard times. Women that make my story look mild. Um, <laughs> and then we just have some lovely stories that'll make you laugh or make you smile. I love it. I love it. That sounds good. That sounds good. Rita, if, as we wrap up, and I appreciate you sharing your time with us today. And like I said, ladies, if you're listening, we'll have links to her book and we'll have Rita's contact information in the in the episode notes so that you can reach out to her, connect with her. Um, but as we close, um, obviously, we're focusing on the gift of hospitality. But you've shared some things about your life that my gut tells me that there are ladies that have already connected with you because of some of what you said. That may not necessarily be what we invited you in, you know, to spotlight today, but I don't want to miss those points. So um, one of the one of the things you mentioned was the experience with mental illness. So I, this was not planned. But ladies, we're going to go ahead and put a link um, for Pathway Counseling in our episode notes also. Because if you're, you know, if that's something that you're struggling with or you think, you know, I just wish I could get some help with this or somebody in your family or just get some more answers, we'll definitely put a link so that we can connect you with some resources there. And this is a good place for me to remind you that's part of the beauty of being part of the community of Illinois Baptist women, right? God does not intend us to walk this journey alone. And ministry can get hard. Life can get hard. But God puts sisters around us. He puts the church ladies in our path so that we can see each other, listen to each other, support each other. So if you're listening and you're not connected with us, man, get connected with us at the Illinois Baptist Women community. You can follow us on our Facebook page at Illinois Baptist Women. Check us out on Instagram at, at Illinois Baptist Women. And by all means, come to our website at ibsa.org backslash women. Um, because like I said, we're, we're here and the community's stronger with you in it. So please, please connect with us and join us. Rita, Here's what I would ask you as we close. What might be a word of encouragement that you would speak to that woman that's listening in today? If you can't do anything else, pick up your pen and start writing um, or keyboard and start writing. Let the Lord speak to you as you write and um, he'll tell you where your story needs to go. I say that from my own personal experience and also from just meeting other writers. So pick up your pen and start writing your story. That's good. I think a lot of women think they don't journal, but they take a lot of notes. And I think a lot of it is what you just said. We don't trust our journals. We don't want somebody to read them. But that also can limit us sometimes from what God's trying to show because your words are powerful back to yourself, right? When you can keep right. a journal and then look back over several days and see trends and stuff that God is showing you. So that's good. That's good. All right, Rita, thank you so much for being with us. Ladies, make sure you check out Rita's book that's coming out. Um, like I said, the, the link will be in there. And we'll see you next week on the Priority Now podcast. Thank you for listening to the Priority Now podcast. Please continue to join us on the journey to know Christ and make Him known.